I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. Today I'm telling you about the Campbell family murders. Content warnings are for incessant mention of incest and your boyfriend putting you on a diet like a prized pig. (laughs) Come join us on Patreon. We have a general support tier as well as a tier that gets you three bonus episodes a month as well as always ad-free regular episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at tellnoonepodcast or send us an email at tellnoonepod at gmail.com. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Enjoy! Nice. Okay. All right. James Campbell, born in Texas just before the Depression, grew up very poor, but he becomes a successful attorney in Houston, very wealthy. In 1949, he marries his wife, Virginia. And in 1950, Virginia gives birth to their first daughter, Michelle. And then, like, throughout the 50s and 60s, they have Betty, Cindy, and Jamie. They're all what? Girls. Women. Women. (laughs) They all become women. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have, like, six bedroom house they have a library in their house like they're pretty they're well off yeah um they have an affluent lifestyle daughter cindy cynthia but she goes by cindy um is a trouble trouble child Mm. she um would run away often in high school you're not gonna find anything better girl exactly but she would be she would run away and call her parents from a payphone and be like send me money this is where i am or like send me a ticket back like damn yeah She's like that. Well, like maybe needing attention. Yeah. Uh, Worry yeah. about me. Don't you want to get me home? Sure. But they definitely give her a lot of attention. <laughs> like the, mm. her sisters are like, fuck you, Cindy. But she is the squeaky wheel. Mm. So when she's 17, she saves up like allowance that she gets and hits the road and is homeless for a little while in Denver, Colorado and meets a man named Michael Ray in 1972. They get married. They hitchhike around the country. She talks to him and like tells him a lot of lies about her family. Like that she had said she had like been locked in the closet for days at a time and like was sexually abused and like withheld food and water. Don't you feel bad for me? Like yeah. my parents are hor- like her whole life is playing up how bad her parents are. Okay. And her sisters are like, this shit didn't happen. She tells him about all the shit. They have two children, um, Michael and Matthew together, but this marriage does not work out. So Cindy has her dad, who's a lawyer, help her get a divorce and get full custody of the kids. Like, he just does that for her. She moves in with her parents, and they take over almost all of the child rearing for her. How old is she by now? Early 20s. Okay. She enrolls in classes at a local college with her sister, Jamie. And this is where she meets a man named David West. David sees her, like, sitting at a table with her sister Jamie and walks up to them. He had been kind of, like, harassing Jamie. Like, he had been wanting to go out with her, and she was like, no, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. He had actually been banned from the Campbell house earlier, like, a few months ago, after he called their Mexican housekeeper, like, a racial slur. What the fuck? Because What are you doing? The housekeeper, he was like, is Jamie here? And the housekeeper was like, no. And he knew that she was like covering for her. Yeah. And so he like said something and they love this housekeeper, Maria. So they're like, you're never coming back. Yeah. You can't talk like that here. Yeah. And like, fuck you. We don't want you here. Yeah. And leave my daughter alone. She doesn't want to hang out with you. Yeah. That alone, like you've got her like cowering in the other room and making people go in and tell you that she's not here. Like you're already being fucking weird. He is a freak. Okay. <laughs> this story is the story of two freaks. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
So he would say things like he admired the ancient Romans for because they put their disabled children up on mountaintops and let them die. What? He's like, I love that about them. I love that. I love that. Um, he also thought that mentally disabled people should be sterilized. Okay. Why do we hate... So mentally handicapped people. What he are we hates, doing? He hates a lot of it. He is like he's a former marine, and he like is very strange about like body mat, like being very strong, being like peak physical condition. Yeah, being like frankly, I believe in the Spartan idea that if you're not if you're weak, you should fucking die. Exactly. Like yes. Okay, great. Like you're weak, you should die, and like if you have any fat on your body, like you're worthless, like all that type of stuff. Oh fucking K. And it, it comes from like deep self hatred, but still. Yeah, duh, but you can't talk like that. He recalls when he first met Cindy thinking that she was not attractive at all. Mm. He said she had clown makeup and her jeans were too tight. Um, she was overweight and she had a blank like stare on her face. Uh okay. I'm a mother of two. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I'm wearing a little makeup in the daytime. What do you fucking want from me? If I didn't, you called me dead and tired and boring. Right. <laughs> and I don't have any light behind my eyes. Yeah, I'm the kind of girl who would like you. Right. So he she like barely speaks when he speaks to her, and like when she does it so quiet he like can't hear. Um what the fuck does that do with anything? So he sees her again a few days later and is like, yeah, okay. So she has pretty features, but she's like fucking it all up for herself. So like I will do a rom-com makeover for her. So there's something interesting about that. He tells her you could be a fairly attractive person if you lost <laughs> some weight. You are joking. <laughs> you could be a what? I could be a what if I did what? A fairly attractive person if you lost some weight. Quote, you aren't just a lump of lard. You have some muscle tone. Kendall. And she is flattered by this. She's like, he thinks I'm pretty. Well, you're like flat out nagging me. And yes, like, I'm yeah. biting. Yeah. She's like, he said I could be fairly attractive. He told you you could be fairly attractive if you changed everything about you. Yeah. Babe. Another time he notes how like different she looks from her sisters. And she's like, well, yeah, that's because I'm illegitimate. And she says, my dad had an affair in Italy during World War II and we're all sworn to secrecy, but she's not that old to have been conceived during World War II. Like the math yeah, does not you're full add up. Of it. Yeah, she's just making that up, lying all the time. Okay. One day he gets a call at work from Cindy, and she's like, she asks him on a date, and he's like, "Well, I'm not attracted to her." <laughs> Damn, I fucking I get, <laughs> but I don't get a lot of dates, so why not? Okay, dude. Like she hangs up and like turns to her sister Jamie and is like, "He looks like a pig." But I think I can manipulate him to do what I want. They both think that of each other. Yes. She says he's like a dog, easy to train. Okay, so shortly after this, Cindy just, like, gets into a physical altercation with her sister and her mother. Like, this is the type of presence she is. Yeah. She, like, physically beats up her mom sometimes. Yeah, she's a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah. So they're having this altercation. And then um, her dad, James, is like, by the way, Jamie, your grades are, like, not good enough for this family or whatever. And Jamie's like damn dad and like runs off Mm -hmm. cindy follows her and is like you know what i think we'd be a a lot better off without daddy i think maybe we should maybe kill him no and jamie's like what the fuck are you talking about Mm -hmm. and cindy says i'll dress up like a man okay both of you you're both 25 yeah what if you moved out yeah jamie what if you moved out got your own fucking job yeah what if you got your ass up and worked no one wants to work these days (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll dr- I'll dress up like a man. I'll like drop some marble red so they know it's a man. Um, wear okay. gloves and like stalk around inside the house and kill him. And Jamie's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Okay. So Jamie's having a hard time. De- I think the other sisters are moved out of the house at this point, and Jamie's having a hard time dealing with her sister Cindy because she's crazy. They go to college together, so she has to drive her to campus every day because Cindy can't drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes while they're driving, <laughs> no. sometimes while they're driving, Cindy will just throw cigarette butts in her hair. <laughs> You hate me, man. You fucking hate me. I do enjoy that of like, um, craziness. A low boil of like, I fucking loathe you. Yeah. I want to light your shit on fire. <laughs> Fuck you every morning. <laughs> Fuck you. You're going to be real stinky for class. <laughs> so, because of this, like, the Jamie Cindy feud situation, her dad, James, buys her a new car and is like, surprise, Cindy, I will pay for your driving lessons. And like, now you have a car and like, you can drive yourself. Mm hmm. She has a fit and screams at him to return it because she's like, I'm never fucking learning how to drive. Return it. Uh, I remember being afraid to learn how to drive. Um, she's like 25. But what you're doing, Cindy, yeah. is beyond me. Yeah. So she's still hanging out with David and complaining to him that her whole family hates her. They don't hate you. He bought you a car for nothing. Yeah. All you did was like complain. He was like, oh, you want me to solve your problem for you? I will, baby. Right. And then you yelled at him. Well, that's the thing. They talk about how they might have like overindulged her. In a, in- I think they did. But like she's full of it. Yeah. She said her parents treat her horribly and that they won't buy her a car. Oh, okay. We're a f- big. You keep telling me we're a big fat liar. Yeah. Yeah. She also says she has to drop out of college because Jamie refuses to drive her anymore. What? Because her grades are better than Jamie's. Yeah, he's like, first of all, I really doubt that because you never do any of your work. So I, I know you to be an idiot. Right. So I don't know how that could be true. But he's like mostly believing everything she says. He has a lot of sympathy for her. He offers her a room in a duplex that he owns. So like his mom and him got an inheritance and they like bought this duplex, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he offers her a room. She's like, sure. He says, don't worry. I don't want anything romantic with you. You're too fat. <laughs> I hear you. Like, you don't need to keep Got telling it. me. <laughs> Got it. So Jamie goes to her sister and is like, what do you see in David West? Like, he's such a creep. And she says, I think he could be helpful to beat people up for me. Wow. What a weird brain you have. Yeah. So it's October 1980. They're living in this duplex. It's kind of a shady area. He introduces Cindy to his mother after a few weeks of putting her on his marine diet and like exercise regime. My God, man. She loses a lot of weight um, (laughs) and they start a sexual relationship. So he actually like trained her up. Yeah. To get to fuck him. Yeah. You're fucking kidding me. (laughs) While they have sex after they start their relationship, she tells him that she has been repeatedly assaulted by her father Mm -hmm. and that one of her sons is a product of incest from her father. And so while they have sex, she cannot stop saying like dad and daddy. and Oh no. And this like freaks him the fuck out, but he's like, what? She's traumatized. Like, what can I say? Yeah. What year are we in? 80, 1980. We're well before the modern everybody wanted to be called daddy. Yeah. He's like, I hate, this. I like don't know what to do about it or where it came from or why you're doing that. He says he hates it. He's just like, it's freaking me out, but I'm overlooking it. Yeah. And like, he's like, what am I going to do? Tell her like her, she's not Ew, your trauma. Right. Yeah. So he's like, I'm actually a really good guy. I wonder why she actually did that. Cause she, she didn't get abused. Right. No. Well, she wants to 
him to hate her dad in a, in a major way. Oh my God. Yeah. You're even contriving what you talk about while you're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make this so gross. Yeah. <laughs> that he is like, I'll kill your dad to get you to stop. Yeah. Great. Bingo. <laughs> okay. So the whole time they're together, she's laying it on thick about her horrible family. She says that they make her beg for dollars. She does not have a job. They just fund her life completely. But the ironic thing is that she gets the most help out of everyone in the family. Like right. her sisters are like jealous or are like, our parents always do whatever Cindy wants. Yeah. And she's just like, well, she's also saying she's like, was chained up and shit. Like, yeah. I wonder what that, like how that originated, that feeling, that general feeling of like, I, I don't know. I need more or I'm, deserve. I'm I deserve more. Yeah. I'm do more than other people. I have no idea. So spring 1981, they both and they're schooling. She drops out. I'm not sure if he finishes or not, but they're out of school now. She is incessantly talking about incest. You like that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, dude? And he's like, you please, please stop. You have to get out of my condo. Yeah. Like, for real. And now she's saying that both of her children are from are products from her father. Like, changing her story. She didn't even live with them at that time. She was, like, married to a man. Yeah. To another, to another man. On the road. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why, Kendall? Well, and so she, he says, if someone did all that to me, I would kill them. And she's like, exactly. Mm. So at this point, her dad is like almost completely over her. Like he's like, she's ruining my life and wants to like, he's like, we've overindulged her. I'm going to take a different tack now. We tried giving her everything she could ever need to leave it, to lead a good life. Didn't work. It didn't work. What if we fucked off? Right. He calls her a parasite. He's like, I'm not giving her any money anymore. And yeah. I'm fine. So now she just asks her mom and her mom does like slyly yeah well hard to watch your kid flounder right yeah she gets a nose job and is now like a new woman okay cool she moves out of david's place and gets an apart she goes into an apartment that is owned by her family her family like owns an apartment complex Mm -hmm. she sees other men and by spring 1982 she hasn't really talked to david in a while like every once in a while they were like friendly but not Mm -hmm. how they used to be So she calls him one day and says, hey, I let two homeless men stay with me for a few days and now they refuse to leave and it's been two months. (laughs) Oh, no. So he heads over there with a friend and the homeless men aren't there, but they throw all their shit out, lock the door. The men come back and are banging on the door and he tells them to leave and they never come back. And Cindy's like, you are my hero. Fine. Tensions are still running high in the family. The dad is completely over it at this point and resolves to never speak to Cindy again. Virginia is slipping her money on the side, but is telling her other daughters to not associate with Cindy or David. She says, I won't talk to one child about how bad the other one is, but like, I'm getting freaked out. They think David's fucking weird too. They're like, this this duo is freaking me out. Yeah. Really hard to come to terms with like having brought up a fucking bad person (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah finally i'm having to recognize it we can't help her anymore you got to cut her off yeah you know yeah the other tenants in the apartment building are complaining about how filthy cindy is and like how gross her apartment is and her mom's like you have to clean up like and she's like no so she moves back in with david Mm. she brings up the incest again and is like remember when you said you would kill someone who did that would you like kill my dad? And he's like, although I am a defender of justice <laughs> and morality, I'm not a cold blooded killer, but I will tell you how to do it. You should get an untraceable gun, wear a disguise, etc. 
She grabs him by the arm and says, think about it. And cried on and on about how both of her parents are currently abusing her. Currently? Yeah. What? David says, I think your mom's a bitch, but I don't think she deserves to die. Mm-hmm. And Cindy goes on and be like, no, she does. She also does. She did all this stuff to me, too. So she actually deserves to die, just like my dad. I cannot even fathom the, why do you get to kill people? I mean. You're a fucking freak. So David's whole thing is like, I'm not going to kill them for Cindy. I Like, I would kill them because they're such horrible people that they need to be, like, taken out. Of the world. He thinks it's like a moral act. Okay. So days later, he's still thinking about it, but he's he's like waffling on the mom. He's like, I don't think she's nearly as bad as James is, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And Cindy says, okay, I didn't mention this before, but I'm st- like stood to inherit about $4 million if both of them die. Mm-hmm. And I'll split it with you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this for your honor. But now that you mentioned the money, I'm going to find exactly. a way into the honor thing. Exactly. I'm going to make it work in my own brain that maybe the mom should bite it too. Right. So now that we're like together and I love you, your abuse and shame is my abuse and shame that I can avenge. Okay. So <laughs> this is his like mental gymnastics. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as soon as she mentioned the money, he was like, I can make that work. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they start formulating a plan. He drops Cindy off at her parents' house one night and tells her to unlock one of the windows. Mm-hmm. She stays there for a few days, like just to sleep over. Her parents are in Europe. The maid, Maria, sees her walking around the outside of the house, like yanking and trying to pry open windows. Oh, no. <laughs> she opens the boy's window and Maria's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. What? Um, I wanted to know what you were doing. The thing is, this... Cindy is so weird that this behavior doesn't really freak anyone out that much. Oh, I hate that. Like, if you've been around people who are that wild for that long, eventually <laughs> you're like, what? She can fucking disguise herself and scurry around if she wants to. <laughs> yeah, like, that's Cindy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Cindy calls David and is like, yeah, Maria saw me, like, doing that. But, like, don't worry about it. We're fine. So Maria ends up closing the window again and, like, yeah. makes a note to, like, check them again but eventually forgets about it Mm. so david and cindy start practicing hand signals (laughs) lame lame lame. (laughs) how to breathe silently (laughs) they work on their alibis um she suggests that they make their stories like slightly different so they don't sound too rehearsed oh okay he asks like hey what about your family like your family's dog and she's like i got rid of it what we never know what happened to rufus (laughs) no no. that is unsolved that's unsolved he's gone uh david buys a gun a white hockey mask that he spray paints black a ski mask for cindy hooded coats combat boots cindy wears like a couple layers of socks inside bigger boots so it looks like two men are are doing it wow she thought that through yeah and rubber rubber gloves kind of brilliant june 9th 10 p.m David drives Cindy over to check on the unlocked window. She goes inside the house and she's, she comes back out. She says, I saw my mom who slipped me some money. Her mom's still giving her money. And the window had been relocked, but I had just unlocked it again. Mm-hmm. Great. The mom like an angel. Yeah. Go away. Like maybe you'll be gone for a couple days now. Mm-hmm. An hour later, Maria looks out the window and sees James drive away. The dad. And come back 10 minutes later, she's like, I think he went to get cigarettes or something. Mm -hmm. She goes to bed at 1130, but can't fall asleep. She's like up for hours, like worrying. Like she's very, she has a bad feeling. 
Soon after midnight, she notices a light on in the master bedroom, so someone's still awake, but she eventually falls asleep. Mm. David and Cindy arrive at the house at 3.30 a.m. They remove the screen from the unlocked window. He boosts Cindy in. Um, They have to, like, move a sofa out of the way. They're in the living room. He takes out the gun. He follows Cindy upstairs. You're going to kill people tonight. Yeah. Wow. I know, but, like, wow, I'm really doing it. I'm really doing it. (laughs) Cindy leads him up to the master bedroom, puts her hand on the light switch, and he yells, hit it! (laughs) I hate it! I know, I hate that. She turns the light on and she runs out the door. He begins shooting. Mm. He hits James in the neck. Virginia in like her arm shoots at James again, gets him through the eye, and a fourth shot hits Virginia in the head. Mm. Her two sons are at the foot of the bed sleeping in sleeping bags. No. Adorable, by the way. They were in there having a little camp out with their mom and dad. Well, their grandma and grandpa. Oh, my bad. Yeah. But basically, they call them like mom. Yeah. Okay. I forgot she even had children. Yeah. (laughs) These are her kids that she knows are there. She turned the light on. She sees them. But. Oh, my God, Kendall. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. Okay. They fire or he fires another round into their chests. They run down the stairs and outside. But he like stumbles over Cindy, like in the doorway on her hands and knees, like feeling around Searching for a rubber glove that she had dropped. Yeah, but you're there like... Velma? <laughs> yeah, you're like Velma. <laughs> but also like getting down like on your hands and knees to go way to trip people. In the dark? That is like what you do to people to make them fall over you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She like sticks her leg out. Oops. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like, fuck it. And grabs her and they run across the road. She's like screaming like the glove, the glove. He's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they throw their jackets, the gun, gloves and boots into like a bayou. The hockey mask didn't sink because there's fucking holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they drive to a dumpster and he like buries it underneath trash. Okay. Maria wakes up to the sound of the boys like screaming and oh. banging at her door. They would peed themselves. Yeah, dude. You woke up in the middle of the night to that. Yeah. And they're little. What are they, like, fucking five? They're, like, five and seven or something. Fuck off. Yeah. She tells them, they're, like, kind of incoherent. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And she's also like, are you dreaming? A, like, kid, a kid can't really tell you, like, what happened on the playground if they're crying. Right. Let like, alone, like, like, so she tells them to call their uncle, J.W., and she starts making her way down the hall, like, calling out for Virginia and James. But she does not go inside. She's like, I'm freaked out. Um, J.W. and his wife arrive at the house and they call the police. He sends his wife and Maria to like go check on the bedroom because he's like, I have a heart condition. Oh, <laughs> I know. Like, drop dead, dude. If I look at my brother murdered, uh-huh. I might fucking die too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you don't need me dead too. I'm JW. So the aunt and Maria start to like creep toward the bedroom. They just like see blood and are like, I'm not going in there. Uh huh. So they turn around. They notice that the sofa is out of place and that the window is open. Mm hmm. The police arrive and immediately find the rubber glove near the front door. You like by the door. Yeah. Like whoo, like a clue. Like the definition of a clue. <laughs> a clue. <laughs> yeah. This is clearly like not a robbery. Both of the victims were like still had like expensive jewelry on them. And James's wallet was untouched on the dresser. Um for all their planning and how to breathe quietly. Right. They really went in there and had like 
did nothing good. Right. <laughs> They're like, this is clearly an execution. Um, his briefcase is taken, and I think Virginia's wallet's taken. But um, it's also no sign of a break-in, because the window had been unlocked before they got there. Mm. Hello? You pe- were in the pe- house. People who live here unlocked it for them. Yeah. The police first suspect J.W. Campbell, his mm. brother. Because he has slicked back hair. <laughs> and they're like, why didn't he call the police? Like, He did. Well, why didn't he call the police from his house? Like, as soon as he got a call from the boys? Well, I don't know. I thought they would. Right. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, um, their children called me right. panicking. And I came over to find out what they were panicked about. And then I did call. Right. And they're like, why did you send your wife in to look at the bodies? Heart condition. Heart condition. And they're like, okay, fine. They talked to him briefly. He doesn't have a lot of information, but they're still like eyes on you. Um, Maria doesn't speak a lot of English and like the police don't speak any Spanish. So mm-hmm. it's hard to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. But she does mention Cindy. She's like, Cindy is crazy. Mm-hmm. Cindy and Mar- like Maria was so scared of Cindy that they had previously mentioned that she might move back in. And Maria started sobbing and was like, I have to, like, I have to go then. And Virginia's like, look, I care more about like you and my other daughters that i will tell cindy she can't come back oh my god maria knew even that night being up at night like i have a bad feeling maria can feel it's of course cindy yeah so directly after the murder cindy and david went to this house party and like really made their presence known they're like we've been here all night (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so they make sure to like talk to everybody and they're like i'm assuming they won't know when we got there when we left but they'll know that we were here for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they stay for a while then leave cindy starts freaking out about the glove again um well yeah like why'd you take off a glove (laughs) why'd you do that (laughs) so they go home they take baths they watched some TV and go to sleep. So mm. eventually the police get a Spanish speaking officer to talk to Maria who tells him that Cindy had been fighting with her mother a lot lately and that her boyfriend David was insane and had slapped one of the boys before. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. So the police go to Cindy's apartment. Um, she's not there. She's at David's and the door's unlocked. So like while they're unlocking the door, Helen, who's Virginia's mother who lives in a, the apartment across the hall is like, hello. Um, grandma grandma cindy's grandma virginia's mom and they go inside cindy's apartment they find like moldy food cans lying around yeah they find trash shit yes and like a lot of new drawings of an asian woman damn all right okay (laughs) yeah cindy was an artist (laughs) so helen says that she lost she lost helen says that she last saw cindy (laughs) at 8 p.m the night before and that cindy was like i'm going out Here's a telephone number. If there's an emergency, whatever. They call that number and it was like a fake. I don't know why she did that. Okay. So David and Cindy go to breakfast with his mother um, the next morning. Maybe to be like, I'm leaving. I'm Uh going to the party right now, grandma. Right. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Um, David's too like nervous and anxious to eat. Um, They all go back to Cindy's apartment and she's like, someone has been here. The trash has moved around. Someone broke into my apartment. My trash got moved around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, maybe it was the police, but also like your door was just unlocked. So who knows? Yeah. Helen comes out and is like, Cindy, I have some bad news. Your parents were murdered by burglars. Cindy throws her arms up in the air and moans, not mother and daddy. Not mother and daddy. And like wails, like really puts on a show. She was in college for acting. 
How weird to be like, no, anybody but mother and daddy. I mean, like, what do you mean? Who the fuck <laughs> in earnest goes, say it ain't so. And not like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Uh, so they like hold each other. But even at this moment, Helen's like, what the hell? You're acting weird. Yeah, you're not acting right. You're- this is not days of our lives, Cindy. Pull it together. Yeah. Okay, so they go out to lunch. David and... Cindy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he drops Cindy off at her uncle's house, JW's, because that's where like the family is congregating right now. Yeah. And she says she wants to, quote, be with her family at this time of sorrow. Okay, you're talking <laughs> to me, David. You don't need to do that. <laughs> Maria notices that like a lot of cash is also missing from Virginia's purse. And also important papers, contracts, and like stocks and stuff are missing that like are kind of required to settle the estate. Oh my god. The police clear JW. Um, and the sisters start eyeing Cindy, um, like looking for clues of her weirdness. But Maria's like pretty dead set on this already. If I were one of them, I know Isn't I would awful kill her. Yeah. The day after the funerals, the sisters meet to talk about the estate. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? Cindy shows up. In a tight graphic tee that says double trouble across the tits. No. And they're like, Cindy. <laughs> no. Yes. Double trouble. Yeah, like a Bratz doll. So JW is like, we're going to put a lot of the furniture in storage until like everything with the estate is settled. Mm-hmm. But like each of you can like pick out a sentimental piece if you want to take it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like one sister takes the piano, one takes a rug and they're like, Cindy, do you want to take anything? And she's like, I guess the TV and VCR are the most sellable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're like, fuck you. Fuck you, take it. Yeah. But, but like, no, they're not. I guarantee that rug was worth, like, a, a lot of money. Um, the piano? The baby yeah. grand? Come yeah, on. but you're a dumb fuck, and yeah. you're like, I'll take the TV. Like, are you a fucking moron? <laughs> are you a moron? <laughs> I'm a chandelier, you dumb cunt. Right. So they are stunned to watch as she goes on to pick out an exercise bike, the liquor cabinet with all the liquor and other valuables. David's hauling it all out to his truck. Yeah, you're taking loot right now. They told you to pick out one item. They're looting. You're looting. (laughs) Uh, David stops by, like, nudges one of the sisters and is like, can I have this French-English dictionary? I'd really love to go to Paris. (laughs) Hey, can I grab that? She's like, fucking okay, David. Sure. Get the fuck out of here, David. (laughs) Yeah, you can have that. So they have like little boys to worry about. How old are they now? They're both girls. They're they're under nine. But the, the, her sisters are like, what, 20? 20 in their twenties and thirties, I think. Okay. But now I have two like children. I have to like apparently take care of. Yeah. You will never. Right. And the grandmother is like not in great health. So. They're worrying about, like, what are we going to do for the boys? What are we going to do for the mom? Cindy's just hauling shit out still. <laughs> so they're like, Cindy, what do you want us to do, like, with your children? Your children! She goes, orphanage. Orphanage! <laughs> I don't know. They'll become newsies. I don't know. Uh, circus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so one day, David and Cindy drag the boys out, kicking and screaming. Um, no, they shouldn't have them, though, for real. No, the sisters are, like, terrified. Like, they they basically abducted them. Mm-hmm. So they call the police, and they're like, I think they're going to do something to them. But once Cindy and David are convinced that the boys could not ID them from the night of the murder, they just drop them off and finish. No! 
You're not allowed to do that. They drop them off at the steps of, and the orphanage is like, we're, that's not how this works. Yeah. We are in the year 1985 or right. whatever. Yeah. We have paperwork now. Not in East London. <laughs> <laughs> very that. Very like, no, no, you didn't die of TB. You right. can't just drop them here. <laughs> you have to tell me who they are and where they came from. Like these people have social security numbers. Yeah. Like, wait, what are their socials? Okay. So they wouldn't take them. So she calls her sister and they're like, just drop them off at JW's. And they're like, got it. So they do that. I'm sure they're like, drop them anywhere within our family. You fucking freak. We'll take care of it. Yeah. So Helen, the grandmother reaches out to the police to say that she saw Virginia's wallet in Cindy's apartment and James's briefcase out by the dumpster. When she goes to show the police, it's all gone. It's already gone. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Four months later, a detective finds a note in his mailbox that says, J.W. Campbell had talked to a woman who had told him that Cindy had confessed to her. They talked to this woman named Gwen, who says, yeah, Cindy told me that she did that and she had left a glove there. And they're like, oh my God, no one else knows about the glove. This could be legit. So they ask Gwen to wear a wire and talk to Cindy. I would blow it if I were Gwen. I know I would. She says, look, (laughs) I'm going through a lot. My husband just got laid off. My marriage is on the rocks. My mom was just diagnosed with cancer. I'm not doing this. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's Damn. the end of that. Nothing comes of that. She's got too much on her plate. So three years later, the police are like no closer to anything. Her siblings are convinced that she did this. Um, and her children are being raised by JW, their uncle. Mm. Or her uncle. Cindy and David are like on again, off again. Okay, so Cindy has not been given like her part of the inheritance yet. And she hires like, so the, the probate attorney had found that like their estate was worth like a little over $300,000. So nowhere near the 4 million that Cindy either thought or just lied and said that was that much, but it really was not as much as she thought. So she hires a bunch of attorneys trying to force the payouts from her parents' estate. And she eventually settled for $25,000 and the title to the fourplex apartment house where she and her grandmother live together. Okay. She's like getting grosser. Like she's following in, into like more nasty shit in her apartment, not shower. You know, she's just like falling into nastiness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like the mold is like growing out of the carpets now. Yeah. But like now you own that building. You should be worried with the mold. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> $25,000. I know. And I'm sure that like, I think a lot of their money was like tied up in like their big beautiful home and yeah. like they own like an apartment here and there yeah which like great if you were not a dumb fuck you could you could turn right. that and make money off that you're that could be your income now but right. you're an idiot you're an idiot fucking freak okay so the family's getting really impatient i mean obviously so they hire a local private investigator named clyde wilson so clyde immediately is like david is like the weaker of the bunch so we're gonna target him first so he dispatches dispatches a woman on his team named kim paris to go like undercover to try to talk to david i want that job i know so using the name Teresa neal kim starts showing up at bars where david is known to hang out they become um acquainted with each other and david is like fully in love with her okay cool he proposed marriage to kim after two months of courtship courtship yeah courtship Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So he's only sharing a little bit about his personal life, but he does like mention offhandedly to Kim, Teresa, that um, he had an ex-girlfriend, Cindy, whose parents had died together in an accident. 
Mm-hmm. Kim um, is pushing further and saying, like, I can't marry you until you are completely honest with me about everything in your life. Love her. And he's like, okay, fine. Um, I had murdered Cindy's parents um, after she... Told me to. After she told me to. <laughs> yeah, she told me to. <laughs> and obviously, Kim slash Teresa is wearing a wire this whole time. Okay, cool. So the next day, prosecutors secure an indictment and David was arrested. His confession and like the wiring was like under criticism because it could be legally shaky. Yeah, they gave him the Johan Vander whatever. Exa- yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but it ultimately was ruled admissible. Um, but under Texas law, Cindy could not be charged on testimony by an accomplice that like wasn't un- wasn't corroborated okay like he all they had on her was that he said so on a wire you know it's like not mm-hmm. whatever initially he pled not guilty but then changed his plea to guilty um and received two life sentences and he had to have been heartbroken and he was like <gasps> oh my god yeah like a movie yeah you did me like a movie how embarrassing really, oh my really, god really bad. i'm so embarrassed you got so, honey potted yeah you're such <laughs> dope (laughs) so he confesses obviously and tells all about cindy's part her first trial resulted in a hung jury but the retrial um she was convicted um in the years following her conviction she applied for parole three times and each time was denied and she died in 2021 at the age of 65 um and david is still an inmate in texas and he's he's chilling there yeah 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 that's that well holy cow i know Took a long time for her to get convicted of that, huh? A couple years. Like, five years. I mean, terrifying to me that, like, for real, you can have a kid that even if you're really good to them, you give them everything they need to have a good life, they can be fucking rotten. I know. Just rotten to the core. Yeah. A bad apple. Right. I hope the sisters and the boys have, like, recovered and, like, got a lot of help and therapy. That's what's so sad is, like, I had a fuck like I have a crazy sister who killed my parents. Now I don't have parents. Yeah, fuck you for real. Because you're such a freak. And the children were in the room when they got killed. I cannot believe that. The kids said the like, trauma of that would be like a lifelong uh, duh. Yeah, the kids said that they like woke up to the light being turned on. Yeah, and then like covered their eyes and ears. Uh, and they're lucky they didn't get hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not they're not fucking lucky, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, like, just accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, everyone? Feel free to absorb that information. Feel free to share it. As the way you heard it, tell no one. Goodbye. Goodbye.